I'm Chance Storland, and welcome to the Oink Only in Korea podcast, brought to you by KoreaFM.net, an online radio station featuring independent musicians and original podcast content from the Korean Peninsula. As always, I'm joined by Travis Hole, the man behind the Only in Korea Facebook group. And uh, Travis, how was the week? It's been uh, it's been an interesting week this week. I um, it's my last week of vacation, and then um, I start work again next Monday. Only the dream to have, ends. Yeah, but then it's like Monday is a work day, and then we have a vacation on Tuesday. So it's kind of like typical Korean scheduling, I guess. Like come to work for one day and have another day off. Well, I don't know. You'll have a little bit of uh, a break, and then go back to the grind. You've had quite a large vacation. It's about damn time. I have had a nice long vacation. I um, also this week I received my first um, death threat via oink from some crazy <laughs> netizen, so that I've kind of been dealing with like fallout from that, which is what's kind of what's 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 the death threat? Please share, Travis. It some, is the oink uh, podcast. Uh, some guy was upset with my views on. I think he was upset by the fact that I uh, I posted an article that said that uh, Americans fear North Korea more than ISIS. So I think he thought I was uh, oh yeah I saw sympathizer. that yeah. So he'd be like, he was like threatening to slit my throat and stuff in English. Just totally crazy. I, um, I reported but like in plain sight on the in Facebook plain sight right? on his Facebook while he was sharing my um, he was sharing my like background image and saying he was going to murder me and stuff. So I like I reported it to Facebook, of course, and they did nothing. So, I mean, I pretty much blocked the guy from Oink, but you you do meet a wide variety of characters with a lot of different opinions when you're... Is this, but is this, is this someone who's known in the group that other people know or just a random... He's been in the group for six months. Um, no problems or no known issues with the guy before. But I mean, like, other people know him? He's not just someone that no one knows? Yeah, he, he had... Well, he had six, like, mutual friends with me, but he would seem like a, a used car salesman here in Korea, and he deals with foreigners. And um, some person had posted, you know, screenshots of him also behaving kind of similarly, but not threatening to kill anyone, but behaving like very rudely to his customers. So it was just seemed like he kind of was like a loose, a loose cannon. But I mean, it's not certainly the first like weird person we've had in point, but it's like the first person we've ever had who's like directly threatened to kill me be, by, based on like misperceiving my political views. You know, just totally, totally out. Well, Mazel tov, my friend. That's uh, first time. Yeah, you're do- so you're doing you're doing something right. I guess you're doing something right if you're getting people to like worked up into enough tizzy to like want to kill you. But not- well, maybe we have different versions of success. I wouldn't call that success, but to each his own, Travis. Well, I, you know, best of luck. Hopefully, nothing happens to you. But um, you heard it first, folks. Uh, if anything happens, <laughs> <laughs> if you if you get if you get hit by a car, it's not an accident. Let's yeah, just remember that. Yeah. If he's poisoned, hit by a car, anything, brick falls on his head, <laughs> not an accident. <laughs> yeah. So it's been an interesting week. Anyway, I'm happy to get back to work here. It's kind of I'm getting bored actually with being on vacation. I know that's like not a problem with most people in Korea, but. It is, I mean, it gets it gets old, so it's it's time to get back to work. Well, Travis, when one's bored or when one needs to let off some steam, you know, from the fear of being murdered uh, by someone from an online community uh, in South Korea, in Seoul specifically, perhaps one could go clubbing, but not so fast. Today, we're talking about discrimination in South Korea, and that's because the Korea Herald recently published a story titled Korean Only Bars Trigger Controversy. But, um, you know, if you lived here in Korea, if you have a friend here in Korea, um, if you can read, really, um, it's not controversial and it's really not that much of a, uh, of a news item. Um, it doesn't get played up 
as much in the, the Korean media as it probably should. Um, and as we'll probably mention later on, this has these types of stories have been picked up by some media outlets, notably uh, the Korea Observer. But as it's actually not illegal to discriminate against uh, customers here in Korea, more or less, it's it's perfectly protected to to say you don't want someone in your business or you don't want to you know do business with someone. Um, the story reemerges from time to time. And uh, this is the the current one that's pushing it back up into everyone's eyes. It's about a Hongdae bar named Green Light. Um, and once again, this is all from the Korea Herald story that had a sign that said, quote, only Koreans are allowed because our employees are not able to communicate in English. It's not racist. Sorry. Please be generous about it. End quote. However, the Korea Herald reports that when a 24-year-old American who spoke to staff members in Korean asked if she could get in, she was still told that she wasn't allowed. One of the bouncers guarding the door then told the Korea Herald that it was not their intention to discriminate against foreigners, but rather it was their business policy to attract Korean patrons only. So just like we've done in the past, Travis, we had a poll in the Only in Korea Facebook group. And why don't you go through some of those top responses? This was a very... Um, commented on, and uh, a lot of people voted in this poll. Yep. Um, I think people even left the group over this poll, actually, based on some of one of the replies I'm seeing here. But I know the person's left and come back once before, so I don't think it was maybe <laughs> You'll be back. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Maybe he was offended. Over, overall, I mean, people were, uh, and again, this is an expat-based group, so a lot of the commenters are going to be expats, but we had, you know, over 100 responses to our poll, I think, and, you know, 63 of them. I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of swearing. This is this shit would never fly in the West. Koreans constantly cry racism when it happens to them, but overlook it when they are being racist. And then the second most popular response, which got, sorry, the first one got uh, 67 votes. And the second one, which got over 40 votes, I think got like 42 votes, said Koreans need to strengthen uh, Korea needs to strengthen its anti-discrimination laws in response to these bans. Um, you know, and the third up, the, the comment was basically these bars and clubs aren't worth visiting, you know, so move on and spend your money where you're welcome. And that got like around 21 likes. So people, I mean, people did seem to be in disagreement with the this, uh, you know, this discrimination or perceived discrimination. Um, but a minority opinion, which got over, I think 12, I got 12 votes. Um, said businesses have the right to decide who they want to allow into their establishments. Um, so, you know, our people were pretty much resoundingly, um, you know, against these bans and they thought they were racist and discriminatory. But at the same time, there was a minority of people who did feel it was in the right of these businesses to allow who they want into their bars. And uh, we'll get to some interesting comments, as we always do when we have these polls. But let's kind of talk about where we identify with. Um as an American, you and I, as we've mentioned before, we're both kind of Midwesterners. Um, I'm from Iowa. You're from South Dakota, North Dakota? South Dakota. South Dakota. The good Dakota. The better Dakota. Yeah, the best Dakota. The best Dakota. There's only one Iowa. Um, <laughs> Uh, so I, I'm just kind of generalizing here, but I think probably you experienced this as well. Uh, growing up in, in the Midwest in Iowa, and I assume probably in South Dakota, you're kind of um, taught that you have certain rights and it's important to like keep the government from telling you what to do in certain situations. You know, freedom, you know, isn't free. Freedom uh, must be paid for with the blood of patriots from time to time, that type of stuff. I mean, I remember hearing that, you know, when I was a little kid. So there's a part of me that is always against 
private business um, being told what to do by the government. Even though I'm progressive in a lot of ways, um, pro marriage equality, I support Bernie Sanders. Um, you know, all these different things. Uh, I'm pro, you know, marijuana legislation, things like that. Let's make it legal and tax it and make a bunch of money to pay for programs. Um, at the same time, I do think businesses have a right to a certain extent to um, say whether or not they want to, you know, employ certain people or if they want to do business with certain people. Now, I don't know exactly where that line is, but for example, um, where I come from, there are, you know, a, a decent amount of Catholic schools. And in Des Moines, there's a Catholic school called Dowling, Dowling Catholic. It's a very well-known school in the area. I have some friends who went there. They were under fire sometime in the last couple of years because they fired a teacher because the teacher was there for like a year. And after being there for a year, came out as gay. I believe this is what happened. Something, something like that. And the teacher was like, go. Now. That's really bad, and I don't support that decision, but if you're a religious organization and if someone is perceived to be going against part of the religion that you stand for and try to promote to your students, I think that there is perhaps a right for you know, a school to say that's not something we want you know, our students to be taught. Now, I don't agree with that, but I wouldn't send my kid to a Catholic school either. So you know, I think in that case it's it's bad and I don't support it and I, I would not want to send my kid to Dowling Catholic, but I think that people should have the right to send their child to a school where they agree with, you know, the religion and the lifestyle choices of their teachers. Now when it comes to government, absolutely not. Government Institute can't do anything like that. So when you have a, a, a private club here in South Korea, obviously it's a different culture, it's a different uh, legal system, blah, 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 blah. Uh, it sucks. I'm a foreigner and I don't want to have people tell me what to do, but I, I think that there's a little bit of a case to be made for, for um, certain situations, you know, private entities being able to cater to a certain group or being able to not cater to another group. That being said, uh, I support uh, human rights uh, laws and I support not discriminating against people. So I would love to see Korea pass some laws that would prevent this type of thing. But at the same time, I'm, I'm kind of torn. You know, I, I, I can see both sides of this. Well, and I mean, the, I think there's a bit of hypocrisy in the statement from, from the people who commented that this shit would never fly in the West because it does fly in the West and it has, it has been going on, you know, for, for decades. If you look, um, now I'm going to quote a TV show, which is a little bit, I mean, I, I guess it's kind of a lame example. But if you look at the latest season of Fargo, which was supposed to be filmed in South Dakota, he was a Native American character, was very unwelcome. They were very unwelcome towards him, towards him in a white, a perceived white guy bar. I think they even, they had it marked, the bar was marked that, you know, a certain number of Sioux Indians had died um, at this location in a certain battle. It was like supposed to be in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. You know, so the guy went into the bar, he ends up killing everyone in the bar. But it was like, you know, the scene where... He's going through this racism that was supposed to be in the 1970s, you know, and it's still going on to some extent today. I'm sure there's like skinhead bars where, you know, a Korean person who's visiting America would feel very, very, very uncomfortable in the South. But you know. uh, to counter that, while I agree, he used a TV show, but the, the, I have seen reports of, of, you know, people of color going into a certain type of establishment and being mistreated and um it became a big news story and, and um the owners of the establishment were um kind of their names were drugged through the mud and as they should have been you know that's a horrible thing to do to someone um the difference is, is that in the west at least in the united states once this was known once it hit social media and once it was picked up by news agencies it would be quite a big story and people would make a lot of fuss about it as they should and um 
you know, there would be a lot of consequences. This type of thing happens in Korea and there are no consequences because once again, it's legal. So I, I think there is some truth to the fact that it wouldn't fly in the West. At least it would fly less likely. It's legal under the guise of, of, of you know, laws that are set up to favor, you know, they, they, instead of discriminating against race, now they'll, they'll discriminate against class by the by setting prices, right? I mean, I think the argument the foreigners are making here is sure, these, bar, sure. these bars it, it, are it, it happens indirectly, but it but in South Korea, it's much more direct. Yeah, it's like, why, why aren't you letting us into the dive bar? I mean, if, if it's if it's an exclusive club, sure, I could understand that. But like, yeah, it's the, the point that I think a lot of foreigners are making is why, why aren't they letting us in? It's a dive anyway, it's a dive bar. And so so what's the problem with us coming in there? I mean, I, I can see that point. And I can also see it from the business's perspective that they just don't want to deal with with foreigners. A lot of a lot of the articles that I read, which, you know, Taehoon did a very good job with the Korea Observer. I think him and James um, Himes did a really good job covering this. Previous just, previous instances of this. Yeah. I mean, they covered like four or five examples. But these business owners, some of them legitimately didn't, you know, they, they wanted to be able to pick, pick the clientele that they wanted. They had no idea they're being racist. I mean, as far as I could tell, some of them, some of them clearly were because they were they were targeting like Middle Easterners and, you know, targeting people from specific countries. But some of them were just like, you know, I prefer to have Korean customers. And if it's in a Korean area, I can understand that. You know, I can I can I can understand that. But I mean, I think to say that it doesn't go on the West. It does. It's just it's a little more hidden, you know, and, and I think a lot of people in the media isn't probably covering that. Who's going who's going to skinhead bars and, and writing about these people in the States that they probably exist, but no one's covering it. And before we get any further in the discussion, I want to play for you a voice message that we got specifically about this topic. Uh, Travis and I didn't include this when we recorded the episode, uh, but we have it and we're very happy that we do have it as it uh, gives a very interesting perspective on one foreigner and uh, his thoughts on you know, being told that he wouldn't be able to go to a business here in South Korea. Um, if you want to leave us a voicemail message for any topic that we've covered in the past or anything that we're working on currently, um, we always post our topics in the Only in Korea Facebook group. And uh, you can record a message with your computer, with your phone. And uh, it might not sound like it, but I have uh, changed the pitch on this. So you wouldn't recognize this person if you met him um, in real life, even though uh, the audio you're about to hear does sound conversational, so you can remain anonymous if you leave us a voicemail message. Here's his message, and then Travis and I will jump back into the discussion. Yeah, this is something that's um, always really bothered me a lot, uh, first, like, philosophically, that um, there are businesses that people can't go in just because they, uh, they're foreigners. When, uh, personally, I-, I own business here, I own a house, I have a car, <laughs> And it's just strange that any 18, 19-year-old Korean can go into this place, but, you know, I pay a bunch of taxes, and I'm a big part of society, and I employ, actually employ Koreans, and I'm not allowed in. And that, I find that really strange. But um, it doesn't really bother me so much, because I do follow the philosophy that I don't want to go to these places to begin with. But it really bothers me um, in general, because I have a son now, and... Um, Without there being anti-discrimination laws, my wife doesn't worry so much. She's Korean, but I don't think she quite gets it. And I worry about his future as a half-Korean because already, you know, like uh, especially young people and even, you'd be surprised, older children and even adults act like he's not Korean sometimes. And uh, I think that's due to the fact that there's a poor understanding of what it means to be Korean and that 
I mean, it definitely, people can say whatever they want, but it, what the way you look has a lot to do with it. So we have to get into discrimination laws for the children. So what were some interesting comments that, that came out of this specifically that you would like to talk about? Okay, I like, I like this one. This guy did leave the group. I'm not sure why he left, but I like this comment. Okay, it says, my two cents, not that anyone cares. There are hundreds of bars. <laughs> Let me just start off. No one cares. Go on. <laughs> well, he says, there are hundreds of bars and clubs to go to, and foreigners wouldn't think twice about going to this one except that they're not allowed to. Now it's got that sweet uh, exclusive allure to it. Straight up, Korean and Americans have different cultures when it comes to going out, getting drunk, and socializing. American men, which I'm sure they're most afraid of, are much more direct when hitting on women. And a lot of these uh, comments by these bar owners were saying, yeah, the foreigners are being more aggressive with the women than Korean men would have been. So there could be some sort of cultural difference there that, um, you know, isn't fully being explored. Or before we get out the pitchforks, you know, it's, there's, there's differences in, in drinking culture that are at play. So, I mean, it's, it, there's, it's a complex issue, actually. My uh, response to that would be then, okay, if you're going to say that it's because, um, I'm not agreeing to this, but, you know, let's just say, okay, you're saying it's because foreign men are more aggressive, the drinking culture is different, this, that, or the other. Okay, then I'll call your bluff. Write that on the sign. Say that we only want to cater to Korean customers or say we're afraid that foreign customers are going to um, cause problems because of their interactions with women or because they're going to drink too much. I think there's a, people see a little bit of hypocrisy when they say something such as in this case, not our employees are not able to communicate in English. And then a foreigner who speaks Korean asks if she can come in and they say no. So if, if there's a reason, whether or not you agree with it, if it's a reason, at least, okay, there we have a reason. But the reason in this specific case doesn't seem to really be there. Well, I, I mean, at least in this particular case that the, the Korea Herald mentioned, at least they're apologizing. I mean, it's not racist. Sorry. You know, they don't want it. They're probably their English isn't good enough to explain their reasoning on this. But, you know, I, I agree. What? No, if they if they can write a sign. I mean, I, there has to be a reason for it. And, and it, it's not hard, really, to come up with a reason if you really do want not don't want foreigners there. You can't. The thing is, you can't target. I think they shouldn't be able to target uh, specific races not come in it should be it should be across the board so i think some people were complaining like well if you look korean you can get in but you know okay get this my friend lives in la and he said that there are you know in koreatown there are bars in koreatown that i would never be able to get into unless i went with him so i mean it does go on in the states too um so you know i, I don't think it's just a problem that's exclusive to korea and it, it doesn't really bother me because i don't want to go to these places anyway i i, I know the places i want to go to yeah, and, and I'm sure that came up uh, in the comments that, like, I'll take my business elsewhere. But, you know, this, of course, is not the only place where foreigners uh, feel discriminated against or where the news has reported um, discrimination against foreigners. And we often forget, you know, as both Westerners, you and I, and English speakers, you know, there are a lot of Asian foreigners who live here in South mm -hmm. Korea. And so um, there are uh, there's a lot of, uh, you know, instances of uh, discrimination that might not enter into the sphere of, of a Westerner who's who's talking about all the things that go wrong for foreigners here in South Korea. So it's it, it just it, it does set somewhat of a precedence. If you allow this, I, I hate using the slippery slope argument, but with something like this, I think it's easy for 
you know, a decently logical person to see how this could either lead to other things or at least make it easier for other things to exist. Well, if this exists, then this has to be able to exist as well. Well, I mean, and some of the people were saying, well, you know, if, if this is your biggest problem, like look at some of the, some of the migrant workers here who are coming from poorer countries and look at how they get treated in Korea. You know, this is this is it's it's a widespread issue in Korean society. You know, race, racism is an issue here that, that needs to be addressed, although I'm not so sure that this is the particular issue that that really needs to be addressed. There's there's bigger issues out there. There are. Yeah, there are much easily found issues in this area that that could really use some work aside from this. But, you know, this is this is something that affects the English speaking crowd. And they're 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 kind of like privileged foreigners in South Korea. So, of course, you know, this gets picked up. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does come back up again from time to time. Um, every, you know, every couple of months you see an article like this and and, you know, the usual shitstorm ensues for a few weeks and it kind of dies out and then people six months later three months later people will pick it up back up again and be enraged about it again you know so it comes up again and again so then since you know we've already made the case that it comes up from time to time i don't really don't think anything is going to happen with this particular incident um as we saw before when jr pub or uh, junior pub I, I never know how to say that jr pub uh yeah, in Taiwan during the whole ebola thing that was going on around the entire world um they had up a sign um don't quote me on the exact words but something like no africans but then um someone who was a white you know caucasian african was allowed in she showed her id huh. um and once again, that's just that's that, you know, don't quote me on the exact details, but that was the general gist of the story. And then they were very quick to apologize and say that, you know, it was a misunderstanding. But this was a very high profile case and nothing really changed afterwards. Yeah, he that that guy kind of tried to make it right. Like he he he, um, you know, he basically said he was clueless, which I don't know if I believed or not. But, you know, that was his excuse. And then he, to make it right, he tried to offer. I think it was free drinks. He did free drinks for a night and aside for the table. But I mean, not too many people really were there to take advantage of it. I think, you know, people were kind of like avoiding his business at that time. So it was it was a bad PR move on his part. And I like I, I don't know if I necessarily felt bad for him, but I didn't after speaking to him, I just felt like he was just an ignorant person. I mean, that was the only like I didn't feel it was like a malicious thing. I felt it was like ignorance. So then what's what's the solution then? Do you think that it's to to educate business owners or um, people working in, in this industry as opposed to some sort of law? Because I, I don't see the law changing anytime soon in South Korea. Or do you think it is it is what it is and it's just going to keep going? And, you know, there are other places where people can spend their time and their money. I, yeah, that's I mean, that's going to be part of it. Either the businesses that are going to succeed are going to be the businesses that invite everyone and want customers. Right? I mean, that's how you make money as business. So the people that learn that quicker are going to make more money, which is what well, you're in business I mean, there, to there do. There are far more Koreans than there are of anyone else in South Korea. So I, I, I think know, you can still you can be add, a successful you can business. And cool, right. So like the, the bar, like, like a lot of a lot of, um, you know, restaurants in Itaewon, foreigners make those places famous. Right. Like they, they become famous in the foreign community and the Koreans pick up on it. Our local media picks up on it. But if foreigners pick up on these places really quickly that are good and they're serving, you know, serving quality food and good service. So. It is. It is. I mean, I think it's important to, to treat everyone equally as a business if you're interested, you know, in profit. Like but I think it's easy to, to see that you could not do that and still because there, there are places that, that are infamous for this in, in different cities, not just here in Seoul, but in other parts of the country. And they've been in business. 
you'd be considered scummy among the the foreign community. I mean, we're not we're not a small community. I mean, if you can get you can constantly fill your restaurant. I mean, like I'm going to give an example of a, a place that I think does it really well is like Linus Linus Barbecue. Um, you know, foreigners really know this place because they do a good service there and they treat every you know, like even though it's popular among Koreans and foreigners. So if your if your restaurant's always full, you're doing something right. And I think you know foreigners, especially in the Itaewon area, are, are a huge part of that. Well, I don't know. I <laughs> I don't mean to rain on your parade, but I just I think it's very easy to show that you could still discriminate against anyone you want, really, as as is more or less legal in South Korea, and it's it's not going to affect the bottom line too much. It it might in like a place like Itaewon or Hongdae, but in a place like you know I think one of the articles like Anam or something, and I, I like there like yeah probably you could get away with it really easily because there's not very many foreigners so your most of your business is going to be koreans so yeah it really depends on the area but i mean if you're operating in the itaewon or hongdae area you would think it would be you know in your best interest to draw in as many people as you could i mean in myeongdong like i was walking around there today and all those signs in chinese and all these businesses and stuff like they really want that money i mean so you can't be a shop operating a shop in in Myeongdong and be like, no Chinese people, please. I mean, there's, there's millions of them. They're, they're a huge part of the economy down there. I think we've only really brought up the one comment that started with the person saying that no one's going to care what he or she had to say. Um, so, I, you know, this is probably the most popular poll we've ever done. And as you, you mentioned, I think a couple people you said might have left the group over it. So what were some of the other comments um, that you thought were worth sharing or, or at least people seem to either agree or disagree with heavily. As I mentioned, the number one was like that shit would never fly in the West. And then someone commented, except when it does. And then they brought in like, um, uh, someone, someone brought up an example at, um, from London that, that said only white guys allowed heard not in one, but two clubs in Chelsea, London last night. This is like from January 10th of this year. So I guess it, like people are saying it does happen in the West. Um, another guy commented that back in the 80s when they were working in Seattle, there were still bars that wouldn't allow uh, American Indian customers. And this is over 15 years after the civil rights movement. So, I mean, it did seem that like people were kind of willing to call out um, the West and their own hypocrisy. And um, I don't I, I, I think I don't know, man, I have a lot of problems with uh, the United States. I would like to see a lot of things change. And I think we have a, a history that is often forgotten and not taught. Because, you know, we would really just be ashamed of ourselves if we really owned up to all the horrible things that happened and, you know, continue to happen. But I really think it's a little different what if a bar or something in the States does that today than in Korea today. Because once again, Korea, it's it, I mean, it just happens all the time and then people forget about it and then it happens again. And then people are like all up in arms, but nothing changes. I mean, it's perfectly legal well, it's, here. It's legal. That's why it's that's why it's like it's not a problem because it's not illegal for them to be doing that, you know, and. In the States, I mean, it probably does happen, but it's more of an issue because it's actually illegal. You could sue someone for doing that. You know, you could you could. Yeah, there's no there's no recourse here. The most you can hope to do is drive someone out of business and shame them publicly. But I really think I've already made the case that that doesn't happen. No, these places stay open. Um, Like there's a place that another kind of interesting thing. One of the um, well, he's a journalist here. I'll just mention him. A journalist who's kind of covered this in Seoul. he posted two event flyers from a place called Club Fix, 
and they use white um, women to market their like white men, men, women and men to market their club, and they don't allow foreigners in. So I thought that was kind of an interesting. Response. See, I'm not familiar with Club Fix, so they have a sign, or they just it's just they don't let you in if you try to go in. He he claimed that he tried to go there, and that I think Tehun covered this one as well. Tehun Lee um, from the Korea Observer. But he claimed he tried to go there and that they allowed his Gyopo friends to go in, but not him. And like 98% of their flyers are, they're using Western people to advertise their events, but they don't let foreigners in. See, this is what this is what you talked about earlier. You said these restaurants, they become popular because they're popular with Westerners. So they need to let Westerners in. But this is what I'm saying is that they can use that popularity or at least fake that popularity by putting westerners on their flyers and then just let no one in i mean it's it's, yeah. a, it's an obvious example and once again i'm not familiar with this so i don't know specifically what's going on here but you said you, someone posted who's a, a journalist here who claims that went in and it, he tried to get in as as a as a westerner and they wouldn't let him in but some gilpo so like korean american or korean canadian korean australians ethnically korean people um, were were able to go in yeah. I mean, so, I mean, that's kind of like just an absurd example of it. But you do like it's something you come across here as a foreigner. If you live in Korea long enough, we've all experienced um, being denied entry to a establishment. I mean, it's something you just kind of. I, yeah, I, I maybe I don't go out enough. I've never been told I can't go somewhere, but I have uh, plenty of friends, acquaintances who have told me that uh, it's happened to them or they have friends that it's happened to. So, you know, a couple degrees of separation. It wouldn't be necessarily just a Korean thing either. I think it's more, it's it's an Eastern Asian thing too. I mean, if you lived in Japan or if you lived in some parts of China, there are places uh, in bars and restaurants that they're not wanting foreigners to go to. And you would experience the same thing living in one of those countries. So I don't think it's like necessarily even oink, you know, it's not like only in Korea. It's something that happens all over East Asia. But you, Even, you lived in Cambodia. Did you ever hear anything like this in Cambodia? Yeah, not really. But I felt, you know, there were places you could go to in Cambodia. Like if you like my local neighborhood wasn't a foreign neighborhood. It was like a very combined neighborhood. And there were restaurants. I mean, I'd, I'd try to venture around and eat at different places. But there were places that you'd go to that you just didn't feel comfortable as a foreigner. And it would either be because, you know, the, they felt uncomfortable speaking English or they just didn't want you in their place. You know, so... There, there are places like that down there, too. But I think it's more pronounced in Korea. They weren't outright banning people in Cambodia. So um, but I, I'm, I'm guessing if you were in Japan and I've heard, you know, from expats living in Japan that this kind of stuff goes on uh, probably to a larger degree in Japan than it even does in Korea. I've never lived anywhere else uh, in Asia. I lived in Germany for a year. Um, as I mentioned, I, probably before on this podcast, I was a Peace Corps volunteer. Yeah, I've mentioned this Peace Corps volunteer in Colombia for about two years. Um, didn't really club in Colombia too much, though I did. We lived in a, a very metropolitan area, um, city of two million people, poor areas as well as rich areas. But there, you know, there were places to go. Never heard of anything like that. Not being able to go in somewhere. Um, never heard of anything like that in Berlin. Once again, not saying it didn't exist in Berlin or it didn't exist where I lived in Colombia, but I just never heard of it. Here, here, <laughs> it's just very well known. You, you hear about it a lot. It's a similar deal as as as. Um, as probably as you were experiencing in Colombia, like they're, they pretty much, I've like, I've never been discriminated. Like I've, I felt that Cambodians are very welcoming towards foreigners. Um, you know, the ties to somewhat, um, but you know, I, there are places that you wouldn't go to because it's so poor that you would feel for your safety going there. So that, I mean, it's not discrimination. It's yeah. Just, but I've never, uh, you know, once again, to, to show how different South Korea is, I couldn't think of an area in South Korea, at least here in Seoul that I wouldn't want to go to for that reason. 
yeah, there's there's not a part of, I mean, as, as a guy, probably, there's not a part of the city that you would feel at danger in. There, there are places you might feel a little bit uncomfortable, and there might not be very many foreigners. Um, I remember my friend came to visit, and we were riding up to, like, the northern end of Seoul, like, the end of Line 4, and there was this Korean guy staring at him, and he was, like, felt uncomfortable. He's like, why is that guy staring at me? And I'm like, probably doesn't see very many foreigners up here. Like, we were up, like, <laughs> Dangoge, you know. Um, I was like, just stare at him back, you know, just look at him back. Um, and, and how did how did that finish? Just staring and nothing happened? Just awkward, yeah, staring at each other for a bit. And then we got off the train and he got off the train. So, yeah. Well, that, that's, I mean, that a, that's of, a great story, Travis. Please share stories I mean, like that in the future. <laughs> well, I mean, that kind of, those, those kind of, I think you probably experienced something like that where you felt like someone is a little bit, you know, staring I've, with you. I've and, been um, stared at a few, more than a few times on the subway. Uh, my girlfriend's Korean and um, like kissing her on the subway on the cheek or um, holding her hand or just like talking with her. And have you ever been called out for that? No, I, you know, I, I saw the video that the Korean observer posted one time, uh, an older Korean man, basically, you know, harassing some foreigners um but i've never no i've never you know i i've had some older koreans give me what i would call kind of like a dirty look um not quite sure why but i was sitting next to or standing next to my girlfriend and it was obvious we were together so you know yeah. i just put two and two together and figured out it you know probably equaled four i've experienced those situations here in korea i had a guy who i thought i don't know what his problem was but i was speaking in english on the telephone with my mom and he got very angry with me that I was speaking English. So I, of course, I moved to the next car just to avoid him. Did he follow you? Yeah. Yeah, he followed, followed me to like two or three cars. Strong and by the end move. of it, you know, he's like shouting at me. And then I'm like cursing at him in Korean at the top of my lungs. So everyone in the car, they, you know, I've walked through three or four cars at this point to avoid this maniac. And everyone in the car, the last car, they're going to think it's the crazy foreigner yeah, car. Yeah, the they don't see. But it was really yeah. like some like drunk guy who was just had a problem with foreigners so i mean that you do experience that kind of stuff too in korean society which is you know it's not related to the bars Here, but. here's the thing though unlike my previous comments where you're talking about the hypocrisy i don't think a bar discriminating against foreigners in korea is the same thing as one discriminating against foreigners in the united states or you know people of color or whatever it would be because of the reasons we've already discussed but i will fully uh, admit because it's it's perfectly true that in the united states there i think are plenty of instances where a mixed race couple or a foreigner couple or whatever you want to do, insert the people into that area or in a public place and they could be hassled. I, I think that could happen in the States anytime. Yeah, I think it could. I mean, it would really depend on where you were in the States, but it definitely could. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that that wouldn't be something that you might face as a, just as, as a possibility. I'm not yeah, saying it's yeah. going to be the, the norm, but if it did happen, I read about it. I would not be, I would not be shocked. No, no, I wouldn't be shocked by that either. I think, my friend actually told me that his brother, his brother is a white guy and he was marrying a black woman. And they were up in Minnesota for the wedding. Oh, um, and some person it's like progressive, it's a pro progressive oasis of the, of the, of the, the Midwest. Yeah. Like some person like drove up to them, flipped them off and like shouted or like a racial epithet at the woman. So, I mean like that kind of stuff, like, oh, yeah, that happens in the States too. Yeah. Unfortunately it does. Yeah. Um, but once again, just to final point here, let's wrap things up. If a restaurant or bar did the things that are getting reported regularly here in Seoul regarding not letting foreigners in, there would be hell to pay.
And that's not the case here in South Korea. And once again, I've already pointed out how I think that businesses have, to a certain extent, some rights or something about you know who they want to cater to. And I, at the same time, I still think there should be some more legislation here in South Korea to protect people from discrimination. In the United States, those people, they're, I, I don't see them being in business very long. And, and I think they would get they would lose their pants in a lawsuit, if not some sort of legal something. I mean, but the thing is, in the States, too, like, I, this is my, just kind of my, I think it should be illegal. That's, that's my overall opinion, is that you shouldn't be able legally to discriminate. But I'm not, I wouldn't be willing to concede that in the States that this doesn't go on. I mean, look at, like, there's a mafia in the States. There's mafia bars that you would never, ever go to, and they don't want you to Travis, go to and Travis, aren't going Travis, to them. Travis, 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 Travis. These clubs in Hongdae are just normal clubs. They're not, it's not a mafia bar. It's not a skinhead bar. As you've mentioned, some of these people who get called out for discriminating against people, um, they're, they're just, you know, as you mentioned, perhaps normal everyday people that have foreign friends and perhaps didn't mean to cause a ruckus and just thought that what they were doing was fine and maybe they're a little ignorant. The, the examples you're giving in the United States are mafia, skinheads. I mean, these, you're, you can't compare these things. You can kind of because it's the same kind of thing. It's like it's 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 basically one one group of people saying to another group of people that they can't do it. Now it is protected under the law, but I would I would say it's a hard stretch to to say that it doesn't happen in the West. Sure. And sure. Um, sure. Uh, you know, so it's 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 definitely something that's protected by the law. But there are places that aren't getting called up on this, and it's, it, I think the reason they're not being called out on it, and it's not a, a big issue in the news, is because. People would be, I mean, no journalist in their right mind would be stupid enough to go and investigate some of these things that are going on, right? Like it's, it's yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. Um, we could argue about this for hours. I guess the yeah. uh, fi- final example I want to give somewhere that I did live, Germany, wonderful okay. country, love Germany, love the people. They're very caring, compassionate, intelligent uh, people. I'm going to stereotype Germans right now. That's what they are. There, are, I'm sure, are instances that you could point to of human rights abuses or discrimination post-World War II. They've turned things around. (laughs) They had a nice 180. They're going forward, okay? Let's not look (laughs) at the past, Travis. And, you know, there there are some slip-ups here and there, and I'm sure Germany could do even better. But if you look at Germany's stance on refugees, Germany's stance on human rights, Germany's stance on social programs to help people that are disadvantaged or are poor, blah, 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 um, versus the United States, yes. You could find instances that are shameful in both places, but when you look at one versus the other, there's a clear winner when it comes to helping people, respecting people, and promoting human rights. When you look at South Korea and when you look at some countries in the West, when it comes to discrimination against people based on their ethnicity or other things you want to throw out there, yes, there certainly are cases all the way around. But when you but when you look at who's perhaps obviously airing a little bit more and where these things happen and nothing really seems to change, I think there's an obvious contender in there. Who in South Korea? We'll, we'll leave it at that. You 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 can <laughs> you can make your own inferences to that. But I I think I think it's a little different. So I appreciate you talking about this, Travis. Uh, especially after you, you apparently got a death threat. <laughs> I'm sorry that that happened. Yeah, no problem. Um differing and hopefully hopefully nothing ever comes of that but um it's certainly something i think you can experience when you're willing to put yourself out there a little bit it's just 
human. You know, we've dealt with a lot of weird people on Oink in the last year and a half. So there are a lot of weird weird people in Oink. Yeah, There's a lot of weird people in the world. I mean, it's it's a it's you're dealing with large numbers of people. There's over seven thousand people in there, so you're going to meet all kinds of interesting people on the internet. Well, Travis, tip of the cap. I hope you'll be alive next week to uh, to yep. record another episode with me. Okay, sounds good. Nice to talk to you again. You bet. Bye bye.